So we had one player return in LaMelo Ball, the most previous game. What about Gordon Hayward? We'll talk about the optimism surrounding him tonight with Nick Carboni on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm Walker Mail. You can find me on Wes and Walker, WFNZ, from 12 to 3 p.m. Doug Branson is also with us. You can find his Substack, Every Hornets Box Score, at everyhornetsboxscore.com. And that is Nick Carboni making his weekly appearance on this Friday. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick Carboni WCNC and watch him on television. He's a big TV star on WCNC as well. Nick, thanks so much, man. How are you doing this week? I'm good. I mean, I, I can't get. Uh can't get any better than that for an intro so thank you but uh yeah i i guess i will be on tv tonight you you will be so you are a star and i'm the radio guy i that, that's just how it is right i mean we are combining every forces. time walker mail comes into studio like it, the the place is a buzz i mean oh. no pun intended but seriously oh you're you, too kind you do a great job in there too hey guys i'm i'm here too how you doing yeah so he does always, a great so, job too but he's he's all the way in nashville so we have to hook him in over the you know, it's just not the same as the in-person, you know, you get out, reach out and, and touch somebody. I mean, Walker. Yeah. Baby. No one. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you don't know until Doug has touched you. You have no clue the kind of impact Doug Branson can have. You thought it was okay in Nashville. Wait till he's in Charlotte. We'll get Drop to that, that yeah. a little bit later on. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. If anybody touches Gordon Hayward, it seems like he gets injured, but Gordon Hayward is now, it looks like it's optimistic that he is going to come back tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> Look, lowest of lows against the Detroit Pistons. The only team that was below you in the Eastern Conference, you lost to them in overtime. They lose a guy in Cade Cunningham. You get a guy back in LaMelo. Not just a guy, by the way. Your best player, your young franchise, your all-star type of guy. Um, but now it looks like you might get Gordon Hayward back after Adrian Wojnarowski. I believe he is the one that broke the news yesterday. So, Nick, we'll start with you. What, what would it mean for Gordon Hayward to come back? Because it feels a little weird. Like this territory is, okay, great. We're suffering right now. It, it's absolutely going to help the team with him to be available. But also, I don't know if people are skipping. Oh, yay. The Hornets are <laughs> finally back with Gordon Hayward's return. Yeah, I think at this point you take any help that you can get any of these guys that you can start to get back and this team can start to get its legs underneath itself a little bit. Although, you know, they may already be at the tipping point where the, the hole is the, the early hole is too deep, but I mean, Gordon Hayward, I mean, you know, how many times do we have to say it when he's out there, he is helpful. He may not be the, you know, all-star player he was uh, before he signed his contract with the Charlotte Hornets and that, you know, maybe you would have liked him to be after signing that contract, but he still brings a lot to the table out there. I think it'll be interesting to see how Cliff juggles the the starting lineup with some of these guys that have been playing big minutes and, and playing pretty well, honestly. But, you know, in the 11 games Gordon play, played with, he gives you, he get, he's given you what he normally gives you. Um, a lot of that on the back end, he started to really kind of fade a little bit, especially late in games. And then, you know, not being out there at all, I think when we ultimately found out what the injury was, 
I give him a little credit for trying to get through that with all the other guys out because it sounded awfully painful. And from what we're seeing, the timeline for, you know, this type of fracture is often longer than the, I think he's missed less than 10 games. I mean, I think it's been eight. Um, so, you know, I kind of do give him some credit in that respect for trying to play through this and for coming back now. Yeah. So just to be clear, he's questionable tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. He's he'll play. To Question, questionable is the new play. Doubtful is the new out. When it's, you uh, skip a level, a problem it's almost is the new always out. they're going to play. Yeah. Well, no doubtful. well, and the thing there, about he, this Hornets team, doubtful. You have to figure out what the designations mean every year because you had no clue what they were either last year or two years ago. They they would be probable, and then they'd be out. And that happened so often yeah. with this Hornets team. This year, it does feel like questionable means he's going to play. Doug, what do you make of his potential return? I think it's going to be a positive for them defensively. And after what we saw against Detroit, they need as many positives defensively as they can get. I was looking at his on-off numbers for the season and uh, the Hornets are uh, four four points better defensively when he's on the floor. So I think he's going to help there. You know, offensively, he struggled this season. But how much of that was, you know, that shoulder injury and the, and the games that he had to play? I mean, he, he suffered this year uh, from, from, the, from that particular injury. And I think it did affect him. I mean, he couldn't even – like, he dunked and he got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's – you know, shoulder is going to be pretty crucial to what you do offensively on the floor. So – but I think he does make them a better defensive team. And I, I think the the big takeaway from that Detroit loss for me was that the Hornets' issues this season are not about one player, even if that one player is their only all-star in LaMelo Ball. He did come into that game and transform them offensively. But as Steve Clifford noted in his specie spicy uh, press conference, <laughs> they've been playing well offensively. Not like great, not stellar. That's what LaMelo took them to stellar. Yeah, but they've right. been playing good enough to win offensively. They have not been playing good enough to win defensively, and, and LaMelo didn't really make that big of an impact on them defensively. So if Gordon can come in and do that tonight, he doesn't really need to score many points. If he can come in and make them better defensively against Atlanta, then that's going to be a huge positive for the team. Well, and even if they've been better offensively, like you and Steve Clifford just stated, Gordon Hayward is going to help with their shooting because that is something that still has not been good in a large <laughs> volume. Like Gary Rozier, man, after being a bona fide clutch shooter, it's just not been there for him this season. Even Kelly Oubre, who we've praised for playing better, for playing differently this season compared to last, he's not shooting well from the three-point line. Gordon Hayward is. He averages about four three-pointers per game, and he's shooting 38%. He is getting to the line four times per contest as well. That's good enough. So he's going to make you more efficient, right? Like, I think that's something that helps with Gordon Hayward. Plus, you have the calm down factor. Gordon is not the person that makes this offense have the high pace that it does. It's LaMelo and then it's other players like Jalen McDaniels. But in the half court set, sometimes they will get a little bogged down and then they'll try to hoist up a three. And even with PJ, right? Like, some expected source of shooting coming into this year, PJ has been mad cold, and it's been really frustrating. So I do think the shooting from Gordon Hayward is really going to help with this team. You know, final thoughts on whether they can win tonight, Nick, and how confident you would be compared, you know, Gordon Hayward returning compared to him still being out, even if we do feel good about the questionable designation. Yeah, it gives me a little bump in confidence, you know, incremental um, as they start to get these guys back, I mean, LaMelo coming back was obviously the biggest piece, but you know, you've still got Gordon out, Dennis Smith Jr. out, Cody Martin, you know, who knows right. if and when we will see him. And, and that, 
that's a huge factor in the defense. That's their best, you know, individual, you know, defender. It's, it's really their only, you know, like defense first guy. So um, I, I think they have a, you know, a chance they're at home. Uh, they have played well there. They, they obviously missed an opportunity against the Pistons. Uh, DeJounte Murray is out for the Hawks. Uh, and they have another uh, injury absence, I believe. Clay Capella's well. out, yeah, and uh, out. Colin, Collins is day to day. Yeah, so they're they're a little banged up. I mean, that you know they're they're a little vulnerable right now, and and the Hornets are due. So I I think they'll have a chance. They've played hard throughout this you know adverse stretch of of not having guys. So uh, hope you know hopefully it 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 helps them tonight. Yeah, hopefully they can get back on track. They got to win. Uh, it's you need some. Type yeah, of that's good the thing. Feeling. It's not a question of can they win or can't they win. It's it's they have to win before going on this road trip, getting some <laughs> players back if they have any chance of making some kind of miraculous back half push into the playoffs. It has to start with a win against Atlanta, a team that's not only uh, banged up, but they're not hitting shots. Their offense is terrible. They're, I mean, the only team, one of the only teams that's shooting worse from three than the Charlotte Hornets this season are the Atlanta Hawks. And even Trey Young, it, it extends to him as well. He is not playing. He's putting together the production that he did last season, but not nearly at an efficient enough rate. You know, DeJounte Murray being out might help Trey Young get back on track because that, that tandem has not exactly worked out. But this is going to be an interesting game. I will note this one final thought. There has been no Charlotte Hornet or Bobcat that has put up the number of points against Atlanta that Gordon Hayward has. He has the single game high record against Atlanta that he set 41. back in January. Forty one. Yep. Yeah. Look at Nick. Yeah. That's why he's a TV Mind star. Like a steel trap. There you go. All right. Doug called it basically a must win. Not even basically. They have to little, win. Uh, nothing like Doug a little written. December must win, right? Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> Doug, you have been on WFNZ way too often with us. The sports radio is flowing through you. I do want to have uh, another comment based off of that. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have a dignified journalist with us now, so we have to ask him about his thoughts on Steve Clifford's press conference against the after their loss against the Detroit Pistons. But now before these messages, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. That's right, Walker. We love Prize Picks here. It's easy to play. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players, and if they go and score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, okay? So that includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, I'm not done, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, go heels. Women's college basketball, go heels, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball. <laughs> That's amazing. Cricket and more. Cricket's a bug. What's that? Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals are the name of the game. You want your money safely. You want it quickly. That's what Price Picks is all about. They're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Here's what you do. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Pick will give you $100 if you de- Deposit $50, price picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, so here's another scenario. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. 
what are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and play plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. More with Nick Carboni on the Locked On Hornets podcast ahead. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. You called this game a must win, Doug, and I'm not going to disagree with that. It's it's pretty bad in Hornets land right now. My question is, did it feel like a must win against Detroit, even if we didn't dub it that heading in? Because it's it's not like it's crazy to think the world is falling and the sky is falling, I should say, before that, right? Like coming in, if we would have said, man, this is a, this is a huge opportunity for Charlotte to try to get back on track, especially with LaMelo, you have the Detroit Pistons, you need to take care of business tonight because of all of the problems that will be coming on this West Coast road trip. Would you go so far as to say it was a must win against Detroit and it wasn't a victory for the Hornets? Doug, what do you think? Are you asking me or are you asking Nick? I I was, yes, because, yeah, you made the point. I thought that's what it was. That's just bad communication. We've done a podcast together for five years, but sometimes (laughs) we even have problems. Doug, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think that they assumed they were going to win. I mean, I think that was the whole problem is they they thought, okay, we're getting LaMelo back. We can go out there and just outscore the Pistons who are bad defensively. We can play good enough defense. They're bad offensively. You know, yes, we're bad offensively too, but we got LaMelo back, so it's all fine. I mean, I think that was the whole problem. They assumed they were going to win. And I think, honestly, Clifford assumed that the messaging was going to get through to the team. Like, hey, we, we've got to start stepping it up in this period right before this road trip if we're going to save the season. And that's why I think you got that press conference result that you did, that you had Steve Clifford coming out and clearly laying out, hey, if we don't play defense, we cannot win. We can't win now. We can't win in a play-in. We can't win in the playoffs. We won't win ever. We won't win the big games if we don't play defense or we play defense like they did against uh, Detroit. So I think they assumed they were going to win. It wasn't a must-win situation. Nick, now you missed this one because you had other responsibilities, but you were at the game. You left before the press conference happened. Is that something you wish you attended? Do you care because they don't yeah. at, answer questions or, or do you care at all about missing it? No, of course. And I all, almost always am at the press conference after a home game. The issue was once it gets into overtime, I start having a like look at the clock because I've got to get back to WCNC for 11 o'clock. You know, and and before that, even to edit the highlights, to you know, put together the rest of the show. So I was like, you know, I I, I don't really have. Okay, time. okay, well, hold on, hold on. But how much of that time? How much of that time is spent? You know, getting getting the grill ready, right? Getting getting that face ready to go on air. Like, how much of that time is monopolized sometimes by about, you in the mirror? Sometimes about fifteen seconds, if I even <laughs> am able to. Get over well, that's that. impressive because you look beautiful on air. Let me just say that. There you well, go. Thank you. Lots of I don't have the, I, I could use the locks that, that uh, you sport there. That would be a, a good addition. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's kind of ironic that I thought I didn't have time to attend a press conference that ended up being a little over 
one minute. And yes, absolutely. I wish I had been there for that. Um, but yeah. Um, well, well, but how do you, but how ahead. do you feel about those scenarios? Cause you cover, you know, multiple teams in this, uh, in this whole like area. When a coach I mean, just kind of comes out yeah. and says no questions and gives yeah, because like, you're oh, there to ask that's questions. Amazing. Like that's, you know, you're there to report on yeah. what happened and ask questions. And then they suddenly say, no, this is about me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make a scene here and then walk away. It's amazing. Look how much it's given us. I ran it for two days. Like if they didn't play today, I might run some of it again. Um, no, it's, but you it's can't say. But you can't gold. say that because they're they're going to start. They're going to pick up on that, Nick, yeah. and they're going to start doing <laughs> no, that okay, all the time. And sometimes yeah, it's sure it's beneficial to ask questions. And, and I think I said this on on air though. But like, what didn't he answer? He basically gave you everything. He gave you exactly what the problem was how mad he is about it. And I think, you know, reading between the lines, there's a lot of frustration for him about this team's bad habits dating back to before Clifford was here, that he just has not been able to break on a consistent basis. And I think that was all, you know, pouring out of him. Um, so yeah, listen, I, I don't want him to do it every single time, but man, when they do it, like when Ron Rivera used to do that, cause he right. was great with the media, but every once in a while he would have a banger where he would just, <laughs> He would just like drop the mic, you know, stare at, stare off somebody as he left the press conference. I remember one time he he tried to storm out of the press press room and he his key fob didn't work to get yes, him out. I remember that. So he had this yeah. awkward moment. Where he <laughs> Absolutely. Couldn't, so couldn't yeah, get I, I love it. I think it's gold. Um, and like I said, I you know he answered all he answered it so, he answered everything in that so, one one minute and whatever it was yeah that that's my question to you if you're going to answer it and not storm mm -hmm. off that because it, you're right to like, me wait wait to me or nick no this is to nick yes because he just <laughs> talked and so i'm going to nick thank you though no <laughs> thank you for boom destroying the flow um I'm sorry. when we talk <laughs> so no when you talk about him just basically being this fountain of honesty that was steve clifford even if he answered everything that you might have had, I mean, is there something that in hindsight we could have asked him? I mean, because I guess that is true. I mean, I would have asked him what the hell happened and he would have told us the same damn thing. I was going to ask him about the defense too. And specifically uh, the three point defense. I know. And I know defense in the paint and like, you know, Isaiah Stewart just kind of like chugging down the pike and like slamming it over two or three guys. Like that was a problem too. But to me outside they looked like they did last year for like the whole year. And that was concerning to me to see them kind of play like that and defend the three like that. And, and that buried them too. I mean, Killian Hayes, Alec Burks. I mean, those guys were coming off screens and really just having wide open looks. Not only did the three point shots hurt the Charlotte Hornets, but also once LaMelo fouled out, we, we didn't really yeah. talk about the game against the Pistons as much as the press conference and as much as how bad it was. We talked about the feelings more than the actual basketball. Let's do that. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. I do want to talk a little bit more about overtime and especially with LaMelo Ball not playing because he fouled out. The offense, as much as that's been okay, and Steve Clifford had a problem with the defense, it did not look good, only scoring seven points, allowing 14 
in those extra five minutes. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college uh, college bowl season to basketball, even the World Cup. They've got you covered on it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those as well on BetOnline. They're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. What did we learn? We'll tell you coming up next on Locked on Hornets. Is Locked on Hornets. But I have seen him go all That's the way up fault. to number 10. That was, is there a warning? Do we I need was to get trying, out of here? Okay, here's the thing. My, I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off and I was trying to silence it. And then I accidentally hit ping the phone and then the phone pinged. And, and now here we are. <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes... It seems like you're. I'm actively fighting you today to move to Sometimes move my best is my worst. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So as we were recording this, Zach Lowe released his 10 Things I Like and Don't Like weekly column. And one of the things he doesn't like, it is the Charlotte Hornets offense without LaMelo Ball. And the leading sentence goes like goes like this. Thank the basketball gods, Ball is back because I could not stomach much more of this aimlessness. And then he shows a video or a clip of the Hornets where Terry Rozier is dribbling, dribbling, passes to McDaniels, lazy cut from P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre swinging around the horn, and then there's just some shot hoisted up by P.J., some step back nothingness, right? Like, Have boom, off and rolling. No, and P.J., I mean, yes, and that's the problem, right? He has, and, and, and it's far too often at this point. And it's no coincidence, right? It, it's crazy how LaMelo can come in and just fix an offense. Uh, I mean, the organizer, how good he is at facilitating, even scoring. The shooting was very good from him. For the most part, he had some really tough shots as well, going 5 of 13. Um, what was it like having LaMelo back in the building, Nick, with, with you being in attendance for that game? It was like yeah, he played like he hadn't been out for another 11 games. I mean, it was just like he was fully back. And I know after the game, he kind of danced around like, eh, kind of still bothering me. And during the game, he's like doing the thing with his wrists, like just to make everybody sweat a little bit. But um, yeah, he elevates the offense. Uh, he finds guys where you just don't think anybody can find them. I mean, some of those kind of cross corner uh, passes that he made and even one with a, with a no look flare to it um, are incredible, but they also set guys up for good shots. And more often than not, when LaMelo, gets them that ball, they're going to make it. Um, and, and that was the case again on Wednesday night. I mean, he, he, you know, he played more than I probably thought he was going to, honestly, uh, but they kind of needed him to. And um, yeah, he just, he just takes that offense to another level, another pace, another flow. Um, and yeah, there's a clear difference as Zach Lowe kindly noted. Well, and, and Doug, Zach Lowe mentions another thing about how in parentheses after he's so happy LaMelo is back, he does say they miss Gordon Hayward too. He's still an important connector. And so that's what we kind of talked about in the first segment, how he can really help. Let's start with you, Doug, on what we learned this past week watching the Hornets. We didn't even really talk about their loss to the Knicks at this point. So you have three losses to discuss at this point. What did we learn about the Hornets? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of stay on this and just, uh, you know, I learned just how much LaMelo Ball transforms the offense. And it, it came into uh, pretty stark relief when uh, he did foul out in that overtime period when the Hornets just immediately reverted back into what they had been offensively without him, which is a lot of Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre dribbling the air out of the ball. Specifically, though, in the overtime period, it was Terry Rozier who – to his credit, you know, with 14 points in that fourth quarter, helped them even get back into that game. But for as much as we talk about the defensive issues, getting them into the situation that they were in against Detroit, and all of that's fair, it was offensively where they failed to really come through in that overtime period. Had they knocked down a couple of shots and not gone into this Terry Rozier ISO, they weren't running any plays. I mean, I think it was a failure across the board, both both in coaching and playing, uh, in that overtime period, not to come away with the win uh, because because of the offense, not the defense. So uh, I think all of that's interesting. It is good to have uh, Lamelo back uh, because it, it does actually make them uh, it makes your eyes not bleed when you watch them. <laughs> that's correct, Nick. What did you learn about this team? I'll I'll stay positive on this one. I learned that this team is pretty good at taking care of the basketball. I think they have been uh, for a good stretch, but they didn't have one. They didn't have a single turnover in the first half the other night, and if and they were cold shooting. So if if they had kept that up and some of those shots had fallen, we may be having a different discussion today. And I'm not sure when they picked up that first turnover, but it was pretty well into the third quarter. So even with LaMelo picking up the pace and zipping the ball all around the court, uh, they handle the ball well and they take care of it pretty well. Um, you know, I, I, when you look at the stat sheet and see how few times they turn it over and how few points the Pistons scored off of that, you would have thought they won the game. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, but I think that'll help them going forward with LaMelo and taking care of the basketball. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy that guys are starting to come back with Gordon Hayward being questionable tonight. We feel good about it. LaMelo is here and he didn't have to have a couple of games before he found his rhythm. So that is the positive before I give you the negative. I was looking at the last few seasons and the Hornets only have seven wins right now. It's pretty brutal at this point in the season. And as much of a joke the Hornets, you could say, have been the last few years, right? How they're always just on the outside looking in for the playoffs or either in the play-in or they're the 11th seed. They were the 9th seed when there were only eight teams that could actually play for postseason contention. It's probably the worst stretch of basketball we've seen from a team since James Borrego's second year, right? Like, that Charlotte Hornets team only won 23 games. If you're already a third of the way through the year, and you've only won seven, you're on pace to win less. Now, that's with so many different injuries, right? That That is the name of the game here. It's it's going back to a couple of years ago, James Brego's second season. You don't have Kimball Walker. You've moved on. You don't even have LaMelo, right? That's before right. LaMelo yeah. was even on this team. But that's, that is the most recent time that we can see losses coming aboard at this rate. Even with Kelly Oubre getting all of these praise, all of this praise, it's not like those numbers are phenomenal. Terry Rozier's numbers are going real down. Yeah, it's that that that's what hurts is even the guys that you have, you, you just you just don't have enough firepower. And Lamella coming back, Gordon coming back. You hope Cody can at some point too. Dennis Smith Jr. and Lamello should be an awesome backcourt pairing. I, I I've been wanting to see that experiment for so long, but as soon as one guy enters, the other guy gets injured. That's just how it's worked. I, there are brighter days on the horizon, whether it be them moving off of guys or whether it be them playing better basketball. But 
pretty dark little stretch of basketball that we just watched. Yes, and I'll give you something else that I learned from from these past three losses to Detroit, Philadelphia, and I'm going to go all the way back to last Friday when they lost to the Knicks uh, by nearly 20 points. And I learned this, that yes, the injuries have been a factor, but what we've been saying for two seasons now is still true that the problems they have uh, go deeper than that. They're existential, and they really start at the center position. They've played, you know, Mitchell Robinson dominated them. Look, Embiid is a, is an otherworldly talent, so it's a little unfair. But they have a dynamic big, Philadelphia does, that can play inside and out. Detroit did too. Isaiah Stewart, <laughs> which he has a great nickname, Beef Stew, because he's so physical inside, and yet you saw him knock down corner three-point shots. Like that is something that the the Hornets they could get fully healthy right now. I could snap my fingers and make them fully healthy, and they would not have anything near what uh, Detroit, Philadelphia, or New York could offer right. in the interior. And so you know, I feel I feel for Steve Clifford at times because now two stints in Charlotte, and he has not had the true recipes that make for actual playoff winning basketball. And I, I think you saw that bubble all to the surface in that press conference. And that's what I learned this week. Th- three perfect teams, by the way, to highlight those issues, Detroit, Philadelphia, and New York. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. You can check us out anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way. And a big shout to Nick Carboni for joining us once again. Again, follow him on Twitter at Nick Carboni WCNC. Appreciate that, man. Thanks again for hopping on with us. Yeah, thank you guys. All right, thanks for making us your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. From the biggest stories in sports, you can go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your weekend. We will be back to recap all of it on Monday.